you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. The Council will never trust Cerberus. They'll never accept our help, even after everything humanity has accomplished. But Shepard, they'll follow him. He's a hero, a bloody icon. But he's just one man. If we lose Shepard, humanity might well follow. Then see to it that we don't lose him. Hello and welcome to Squad Goals, Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, where we're discussing our experiences playing through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm joined by Chip Locke. Howdy, Space Cowboys. And Corey Kurabara Treadway. Hello from space. And once again, apologies for the voice, as you can tell, I'm a little under the weather here, but this is episode number 18, and we are finally ready. To move on, we've said goodbye to Mass Effect 1. It's time to get into Mass Effect 2. Uh, And Nick, you you sound like you've been hanging out with the elusive man uh, smoking cigarillos and drinking scotch. That's how I plan to approach (laughs) Mass Effect 2 is I'm just going to act like the elusive man is my friend and we just have that we we hang out in that little room with those really awesome chairs. Oh my God, yeah. That whole room is so good. Love that room. Even, even that chair really makes no sense. And it's a nice view there, well, though. It's so bright. It's so bright. Well, real quickly, um, let's listen to a recap of the opening of the game. And then we'll come back and I will, I'll, I'll start talking about the elusive man here. Mass Effect 2 begins with a female Cerberus operative discussing Shepard's exploits with a seated smoking man. They see Shepard chasing the Geth instead of fighting the Reapers, so they decide to recruit the commander. A month after the attack on the Citadel, Shepard and the Normandy are hunting Geth when a strange ship appears near to them. Despite the Normandy being in stealth mode, the new ship is able to attack it. A blast kills Exo Presley, and Joker attempts evasive maneuvers as the ship sustains heavy damage. Everyone begins evacuating except for Joker, and either Ashley, Liara, or Caden, depending on how Mass Effect 1 went. Shepard orders their crewmate to get everyone off the ship, while the commander goes to rescue Joker. The pilot takes some convincing to abandon his post, but Shepard gets Joker into an escape pod just in time for one final blast to obliterate the Normandy, leaving Shepard to float into space and then start plummeting towards a nearby planet. Shepard's tissue and organs are reconstituted, and a groggy Shepard sees the Cerberus operative from earlier as they begin to wake up. Finally, Shepard is fully revived only to find themselves in a medical station that is under attack. A woman is barking orders over the PA as security robots are sent to kill Shepard. Shepard fights their way out and encounters Jacob, a former Alliance soldier. Jacob tells Shepard it's been two years that the commander was dead. The duo find Wilson, chief medical tech, who is wounded. Jacob tells Shepard they are Cerberus. A female operative from earlier opens a door and shoots Wilson. Her name is Miranda, and she establishes that Wilson had hacked the base to kill Shepard. 
trio take a shuttle to a Cerberus station where Shepard has a hollow chat with the smoking man from earlier. This elusive man informs Shepard that the human colonies have been disappearing, and they suspect the culprit is a Reaper ally. Shepard agrees to help Cerberus to find out more and stop the Reapers. Okay, so to go back to the elusive man for a moment, I love that chair because it makes him look alien. Hmm. You mean more than his eyes do? Well, his eyes, I mean, I just figured he looked, it was like 2010 digitally scanned Martin Sheen. I don't think his eyes really look that off. Oh, no, I always thought. They're they're machine eyes. Yeah, he's got robot eyes. Oh, oh, that's what you mean. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely has robot eyes. Yeah, like we're all in agreement on that. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. God, those are cool. (laughs) Got it cool. They're cool. They're super cool. His whole thing. Like, first of all, Mass Effect uh, casting folks. What a good get. Like Martin Sheen. Uh, But and he comes in and he plays the part so well. I mean, he's a consummate actor. Um, And yeah, I mean, he just what an awesome way to to like get introduced to. Uh, to him and I mean like it's on top of that's like it sort of blew me away because of course like the whole crazy beginning happens and then you you end up meeting him like you go and you talk to to these people that rescued you and they're like hey and here's our boy Marty I'm like Ooh, wow okay right no he I mean so much of this game hinges on his performance and to say he, you know, he nails it out of the park. I mean, he's Martin Sheen. He probably nailed it out of, the, out of the park in his sleep on this. Sure. But, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's impressive because, you know, for someone of my age, he, you know, 2010, the most recent thing I'd seen Martin Sheen in, you know, he was, he's Jeb Bartlett. Mm-hmm. So he's the, not just like the president, but he's like the most honorable president that ever yeah, lived. Yeah, he's like the good guy president. He's like the platonic ideal of the president. Yes. Yes. and. You take that, and and now you've taken and put him as this super, super shady character who's very well connected, is ten steps ahead of you, knows way more than you, mm-hmm. and you've kind of got to spar with him. It's very impressive. Yeah, and you spar with him not not with like fighting, but with like words and actions yes. and stuff. Well, well, again, I wonder, I wonder about that room because when you do finally meet him at the end. It's, you know, it's all through, like, Holovid. Like, you just kind of, you know. And we talked about that a little bit in the first game, like, uh, you know, during the trial. when Or not the trial, but when you're you're first meeting with the council and Saren's just, like, you know, zooming in, basically. And it's the same kind of thing where how much of what we see of him is what he wants to present. Right. Yeah, because I think, like, uh, for a while, the other person actually, like, in the same room as him is just uh, our other character, Miranda. Oh, yes. Uh, the rest of us, we just see him just hologram, like, not in person. Is it is it ever made explicit that she's, like, physically met him? Because I, I don't it's know. Only, well, it's only in the uh, in the opening part before they, they, they start narrating what's going on. Oh, you're right. You see, yeah, sure. They're in the same they are in the same room. But yeah. I guess it could possibly be a hologram somewhere of her there, I guess. That might be it too. So no, you're right. She's definitely there. I guess it could be like he's an ant. I'm just gonna let's just Occam's razor this. So they, so she has met him. Like, but but still, yeah. I mean, he he lives a very guarded life. Like clearly, 
Yeah. And it's like the, the sun they, they also said in, in front of is very interesting because it's, it's like a neutral color with blue and red, which I think is, is purposely supposed to just invoke the, uh, the, the, I can't think of the name of the system right now. Paragon Renegade? That system, yes. Why, I, yes. Thought, I want to say something different, but I don't know why. Yeah, like the morality yeah. system, basically. That's the word I was looking for, the morality system. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does kind of look like that. And it's it's cool because they do play with that background of of that star or, you know, whatever like the window filter is doing to it uh for different scenes, which I is it's a nice touch. Um but man, we okay, I I'm sorry. I get really ex- I get really excited about the elusive man. This game has if not the best video game intro ever. It's like it's top 3. You know, I like defy you to to come up immediately with a game that has a better intro than this. I I don't know. I don't know if I could say that I like it, but it is so affecting. Like I like I I remember the first time I watched that intro, and you get to the point where Shepard is like clutching his helmet. As he's like flowing, falling through space, basically, mm-hmm. and you see like the little air shooting out the back of the helmet, and I, and I, I, I think I don't, I think I, I just sat there stunned for like ten minutes, like I couldn't, I couldn't process how you start your sequel by killing the character. Yes, yeah, and and not just that, it's just these visuals, also the audio, because right there, the rest of the audio just gets like droned out, and you, all you hear is just him, him or her just slowly suffocating. Yeah, yeah. I, and to come in from the first game and you see all the crew, you see Presley, you see Joker and, and you know, Liar and everybody's everybody's on board. And, you know, you just walk by him and then all of a sudden you're dead. Your whole crew's gone. It, it's just. I mean, I, I remember so as I watched the sequence, I'm like, Shepard, you can't kill Shepard. Shepard's going to be OK. You can't kill Shepard. Shepard's going to be OK. You. You you can't you can't you can't kill Shepard. Shepard's gonna be okay. Shepard's gonna be okay. Right. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the voice works perfectly. I know the voice. I was, yeah, that works so good. <laughs> it, but it, it is. It's definitely like the way they hit reset because they they have a problem, right? Like they have a gameplay problem, which is you were this you know super powerful. Like I don't want to say god tier, but but just you know biggest badass in the galaxy. And you had a crew with you. You had like you had a team. And now where did they all go? And why do you have to start from zero? Because it like from a gameplay perspective, they're not going to start you with all of the squad mates and, and all the guns and powers and stuff like they've got to knock you back down a peg. And, and there's a lot of lazy ways to do this. Um, and there's a lot of ways to like, hey, you have. You, you just play a new character. Like you go from Dragon Age 1 to Dragon Age 2 and well, you're just a new person and that that's fine. Um, and the way that they came up with this is just so, so good because they're like, okay, everybody likes their Shepard. You want to keep being Shepard. So how do you get to keep being Shepard without all of your cool sort of Shepard abilities? And well, one way to do that is to be dead for two years. If you wanted to change your class from the first game, it makes sense that you can do that if you if you want to change his appearance or her appearance. You can, you I mean, because of the way that Shepard's yes. brought back, 
it gives you the opportunity to to tweak your character. Um, so it, I mean, it's it's a brilliant solution right. to something that I wasn't even thinking mm-hmm. about at the time, and. It reminds me, like, there was a time right, right. Uh, I was in, like, a, a D&D, well, yeah, D&D session, and I had already decided I didn't like my character, so I went to the DM, like, you know, you know, privately, and I said, hey, I don't like my character, and he's like, okay, I'll, you know, we'll kill him, and you can have, just get your new one ready, you'll, you'll just swap him right in the next session. So, we're, we're playing the D&D session, and my character gets killed, and everybody's like, Wait, wait. What do you mean Nick's dead? Nick can't be dead. <laughs> like, and then, and then he, you know, and then the DM got up, came over, and ripped up my character <laughs> sheet, and everybody just like lo- everyone just lost it. They're like, what are you doing? And yeah, so nice. I mean, yeah, the the fact that Bioware pulled that off at the level that they did, and, and that it's all it's it's. <laughs> I mean, it it it's it, it's Chef's kiss. It's just it's it just marries these two situations and just nails it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I think you said like affecting, like it's oh it's hard God, to love yes. because it's hard to watch, especially that first time. But it's affecting. It just it's a gut punch, right? And and it's that's why that's why I say it's like probably my favorite video game intro ever because it, it took whatever it was the five to ten minutes of that cutscene playing out and you waking up, you know, having Miranda wake you up, and I was hooked. I was in. Like I was like, oh my God, what are they gonna do? This this is crazy. But even then, I also enjoyed the parts where it's like they're showing them bringing your back, your body back together. Yes. Different parts they're putting in there. The dead, I think it was like the dead heart, just like being like injected with different things and being yeah. re- refreshed and everything else. And then the scenes where you're like coming in and out of consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. It looks cool. It's, uh, it's, the framing is just so good. The, the dude, the obviously shady dude that you meet at the beginning, whose whose name I've you know now forgotten, um, who basically sabotages the whole space station you're on. Uh, I don't know. They, they just everything about I it. That's they Wilson, get who is basically the Je- perfect, he's the like, Jenkins of the uh, tutorial scenario here. It is Wilson, yeah. No, 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 no. Well, we he like still has Jenkins. that role of like guy that you're hanging out with. It's not going to be there like after this. Yeah. But, no, I just want to go back for a minute though, because this is gonna. Oh, sure, I have yeah. to play my old man card. Do you guys remember a show from probably like the late '80s called Sledgehammer? It was like a a jokey cop show. The whole point was no, like Sledgehammer. He was the, the the cop, and he was just not effective at all. They had a, they had a season finale where no, he has great. like a nuclear bomb that he's trying to deactivate. And then at the end of the season, the nuclear bomb goes off. And you're like, well, how are they coming back next season? And so the title card for the next season shows him blowing up. And then it says, five years earlier. And then the rest of the show is all a prequel. <laughs> and so there was a minute wow. where I'm, I'm playing that opening. Okay. And I'm like, what? are we going to go back? Like, is this going to be Shepard like, before before all this happens? Like, It didn't occur to me. Like, oh, no, they're, like, they're going to resurrect them. But and the other nice touch about this is because you mentioned yeah. that he loses his crew, but Shepard, and I, you, you kind of see this as he goes around recollecting, you know, well, not collecting everybody, but he gets a view of his people back. But the nice touch is by allying him with Cerberus, all of his crew right off the bat, they kind of can't trust them immediately. They got to be like, they got to be like, you're still Shepard, right? Cause what you're doing is kind of weird. Yes. Oh, okay. You're still Shepard. We're cool. Like they're still, 
they put they use that as a wedge so that he can't just show up and be like, "Hey, I'm back, everybody. Let's just let's get back on the Normandy and do this again." It is, yeah, it's like he can't even use his like specter status or being in the Alliance right? military because technically working for the bad guys. Well, I, technically he's dead. Like he was pronounced dead, yes. and so like there's there's a funny scene when you first go to the Citadel later that we'll talk about. But like it, like getting all of that back, I also really enjoy how your various initial crew reacts to your Cerberus status, right? Like, I mean, because there's a whole gamut of reactions from Garrus's sort of like, you know, I mean, he's just, he's he's loyal. He really looks up to Shepard, but he's definitely like, are you, I hope you know what you're doing all the way to like Ashley or Caden being like, you're yeah. a traitor, dude. Um, Yeah, it's it's really good. And I feel like like they could have screwed up the whole, you were dead for two years and you came back and like, there's so many ways it can fall down in this game, and it never does. And it's cool, too, that they did it as two years, because, I okay, 2007 to 2010 isn't quite two years, but it feels a bit like, oh, hey, like, I haven't seen these guys in two years. Like, everything that you're, you know, you're because it starts off and it's only, like, what, like, three months right. after the events of the first game? Like, it's it's relatively, it's a relatively... Yeah, it's a relatively short period of time. Yeah, and it's six months. Like, oh, no, think, yeah. We're just going to jump it ahead now. And it's an effective use of the time skip because, yeah, like, you know, what has, what have, you know, you haven't keeping up with these people for two years because he, obviously Shepard's been busy. So, you know, it, 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 right. it, it makes sense that everybody's doing their own thing and you got to go catch up with them. And that, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Do you what's really nice about this whole resurrecting and working for Cerberus? <laughs> no more calls for the goddamn council. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, can't do that politics. So you know, screw your politics right now. Not interested. So yeah, I, I just um you know, and like like meeting Miranda and Jacob, the way you go it, that that intro combat like tutorial thing is also again, it's just it's better than Eden Prime, I feel like. Uh and, and Eden Prime is actually not that bad, but I you know, first of all, the combat in this game is a lot more pleasant. Even in the remake, I felt like it when I picked it up, it was like, you know, putting on an old comfy yes. pair of sweatpants. It was just like, oh yeah, I remember this. This feels smooth. It feels good. Your powers recharge a lot faster, so it really incentivizes you to use them more and uh, like and then going through and sort of like talking to Miranda over the comms and then you bump into Jacob and he becomes your squad mate and you get Wilson for like a minute. And then right at the end where you open the door and Miranda just instantly pops him. And that is your introduction to her. It's so good. It's just like every part of it. Yeah. And you get to see the new, the new comms and new terminals and stuff where like they play audio for you now. They, t- they, t- they tell it to you. So you have to, do so much reading. That is such a huge minor addition. I love it so much. And also to praise the voice acting again, you get we have Steve Blum playing Wilson, um, you know, top notch voice actor there. But then we have Ivan Strahovski as Miranda, awesome. which again impressive stunt. I don't want to say stunt casting, but like impressive casting that they brought her in, and you know, even more than. I mean, I, I would say she's the face of the sequel. As much as you know, as much as Shepard, like I, I think, whatever you see the artwork for the sequel, yes. usually her her face um, is usually the, you know front and center, if if not mm-hmm. other assets. It but. is. <laughs> yes. I see what you did there. Yes, because I was I was, I was a Chuck already fan at this on the point. air yes. too. When okay, oh yeah, it was. 
Yeah, okay. See, I was not. And then I watched Chuck like later and I didn't even recognize her. Like it was relatively recently that I learned like, well, oh, that's Miranda. I mean, she's okay. Been on, she's been on Chuck. She, uh, then um, most recently she's been on uh, uh, the, that one. Now, I just had the name and I lost it. It's the one with the, the women with the the red, uh, uh, the, the red uh, with the white. Handmaid's Tale? Yes, thank you. Yeah, she's in Handmaid's Tale. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and great in that too. I mean, she's she's a good actress, and yeah, I mean, she's the, really the, good in that. The, the crew that they put together, like the voice acting crew, really has it was top notch. I mean, you know, we we like uh, Admiral Anderson is is Keith David, like longtime yeah. excellent voice actor. Um, yes, yeah, I was gonna say I don't, their, I don't like, think we gave Keith David enough props talking about Mass Effect One, but I mean, he's oh, you're right, we didn't, but he's. I mean, because the thing is, uh, I saw a video the other day of like the many voices of Keith David, and I guess some, I don't know if somebody had like a cameo where they were able to get him, and they basically had him go through and do a bunch of his characters. And, yes. And unfortunately, he did not do Anderson, otherwise I would have shared it on like Twitter or something. But, you know, I was reading through the comments afterwards, and somebody was like, they all sound like Keith David. It's like, yes, Keith David is a very distinct voice, and Keith David is basically playing Keith David in like every role that he's playing, but... There are different versions of Keith David and like Anderson is very steady and very, uh, you know, you know, he, you can tell he's, he's experienced, you know, he, he gets angry, but he doesn't lose it. Like, like there's Goliath, Keith David, there's Captain Anderson, Keith David, there's the president, Keith David from, I'll actually give you Rick and Morty or Saints Row, because I feel like it's kind of the same. He he wasn't the president in Saints Row, he was the vice president. Or the vice president, sorry. Yeah, but Where he's playing literally himself, (laughs) being self-aware that he plays in all things. So that is actually funnier in Saints Row, but I mean, he he kind of is the same in, in like Rick and Morty when he's the president. He's, he's, uh, yeah, he, he has... A distinctive voice, but a great range. Yes, it's so it's. And I, I got to shout out his. Uh, it's Vietnam baby from uh, Community <laughs> because it, it, there's so much. So there's so much that he does, and, and 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 especially to have him here as sort of your anchor, like Anderson is Shepard's anchor. Basically, I, I think that's. A, uh, I don't think that's a controversial statement. That uh, no, he's pretty much the anchor throughout the entire series. Yes. Yeah, because even then, even then, like I think Shepard is burdened with a lot, and for Shepard to have somebody that he can kind of go back to and kind of be like, "Yeah, this leadership thing, this this sucks," and Anderson's like, "Yeah, but but (laughs) yeah, tell me about it, bud." But you're Shepard, and you'll handle it. He's like, "Yeah, I know, but it sucks." Like it's it's good that they've got that relate. Like I hope, I I feel like when all this is done. I don't know if I want them to go to like a shooting range or maybe like go golfing somewhere. Like I, I feel like I need the two of them get like a cabin out in like Montana or something and just have like a like vacation have a moment. Yeah. Just have like, you know, just some downtime. Well, we'll oh, uh, maybe we'll bring see how that goes. Uh, yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I got a funny image down there, but just like some futuristic golf cart going. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, assuming Montana still exists. I feel it's like canonically fine. it does. I mean, I know they reference Vancouver, and I feel like there may be a reference to Montana somewhere in this game. I'm not sure. Or, or find a find a colony that is loosely Montana esque. New Montana, <laughs> pretty much. Montana Prime. <laughs> Montana Prime. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I you know, and we've jumped all out of order talking about this, but yeah, I just I have so much admiration for the 
the first hour of this game. I mean, and it gets better. And I think that's the crazy thing is is the intro is is so good, but then so much leaps forward. Like even in that intro area, you can really see the new level of detail in the game. Like yes. you, you know, and like uh, Cora, you mentioned this with like the audio logs uh, that show up and and just visually how much more details, like how many more small details are put in every environment. And that, what I enjoy about that is it really carries through the game. And not like that Eden Prime wasn't good looking per se. And I think they, it really became quite it, handsome. It, 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 was, it wasn't good looking. It's okay. We understand. Well, I, I think it actually, <laughs> they did a lot to it in the in Legendary to make it look a little better. I mean, the skybox is way more engaging, like being able to see Sovereign off in the distance and all the textures got upraised, but then it still suffers from the Mass Effect one. Hey, we have very static geometry. We put a couple boxes over here. Places don't feel lived in. There's a lot more color and and stuff like that, and just age and new and in this and then new visuals. As you said, like they look like they've been used. They don't look like static, like a lot of the other environments. They're kind of like white, like very white. Very like you're say. Uh, like sterile medical room, yeah, yeah sterile. I, th- I think that's just uh, a function of it being a sequel, and that they didn't have to, you know, one they had already they had already done some of the key world building in the first game. So like now, most of it is fleshed out. They just have to maybe make some tweaks or little adjustments here. They're like, oh hey, Cerberus has cells, and so with all that stuff you did with Kahaku in uh, in the last game that was just one cell, but we're the we're the uh, what are they, the Lazarus cells? We're we're Lazarus project, yeah, yeah. So we're by ourselves. So you know, you're with Cerberus, but you're not completely with Cerberus until like the elusive man. You meet up with him, and he says, "Like I have a mission for you." Um, and this is maybe kind of the weakest moment in in the game. Like depending on how you play your shepherd, it does feel a little tough to. It's a tough pill to swallow when he says to you at the end of this intro, like effectively just you owe me one and you really don't have a choice but to agree um mm-hmm. which yeah. you know yeah but the problem is though like i mean i i guess this, this i mean to think about what shepherd went through not just with all the reapers but the last thing you remember is falling out of your spaceship and then you wake up on a table and you're like okay like it, it, it's been two years like as much as Shepard might be like, you know, even, I think even if Shepard was going to be a little bit indignant and be like, hey, you know, I'll, I, you know I'm, I'm Shepard. I call my own shots or, you know, get me back to the Alliance or whatever. On the one hand, like he does owe him one because they did bring him back. But two, it's yeah. like you kind of need your hand held a little bit getting back into the world because, I, I mean. It's very disorienting to wake up like that. I guess the closest analog might be. You know, for for like those of us who maybe were working from home during the pandemic, when we go back to the office and everything's like, it's been a year, maybe a year and a half, you know, maybe more if you haven't gone back yet. And, you know, it's like, and yes, you've been in touch with all your coworkers, but like things are the same, but things are different. I mean, Shepard. There's that. And there's also the fact that he just literally just woke up from surgery. Yeah. And if anybody's ever had surgery, the moment you wake up, you are. Things don't feel right. It is hard to move. Hard like that's why you normally have to have someone with you. Because yeah, oh god, 
Yeah. So, I, I mean, I get it. And what I'm saying, I guess, is that's the worst moment, I feel like. And it's still, it's entirely plausible. Oh, yeah. Like, like I'm really nitpicking here because, you know, in the moment, it's it's sort of, it might maybe it's even well done because it made me kind of stop and think like, well, what if I don't want to? Well, I guess I have to and, and have to think through like why that might be. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think about the different if you listen to the various logs of like why they did that, explain what was going with the Lazarus project? Because you feel like with Lazarus, like we'd be able to revive someone who's been pretty much just died. It amazing technology. Apparently the amount of resource they poured in was just right. for especially for one person. Uh, no, I mean, it's just it's I, I think, again, that's where like the audio logs really shine through is they make it clear what a massive undertaking it was. It also really does a nice job of setting up Wilson's sort of mentality and why, you know, he betrayed uh, Cerberus and effectively he just didn't like Miranda um, and got fed up with his job and decided to sabotage it. But I mean, it's it's all of those like nice little touches that uh, it just and and the game keeps it up throughout, and so it's just it gives you this taste of like here's what you're in for, and and every mission is like that, and it's it's just great. At what point did you guys know Wilson was shady? Like uh, when I was first like waking up when I wasn't supposed to, I could just hear it in his voice. Yeah, yeah, he just seemed to, he didn't seem like a trustworthy dude. Because yeah, I mean, like like you said, Miranda opens the door and shoots him, and that's sort of your your formal introduction, to Miranda. But you're like. She made the right call. That was exactly what needed to happen. It's not at all like you're not like, whoa, who are you coming in and just shooting people? Like, oh no, you you killed the bad guy that we all kind of figured was the bad guy. Like, good job. I mean, mm-hmm. it's still you know, it's it's still also very like hard assed of her to do. And so you get to see that. But I it yeah. Also yeah. tough but fair. Yeah. Yeah. There's one question I have in this opening sequence. Maybe I forgot what this is, but there's a lot of robots that are not Geth. Yes. A lot of machines. And I'm like, where are these things two years ago? Right. Could have used these two years ago. That's the introduction of the mechs to this game is one of those things that kind of throws me a little bit. Because like you said, they're not in the first game. And they're such a, they're such a, like a reliable bad guy that, you know, they, they throw them at you. Uh, you know, they throw them at you here. And it is funny, though, because, like, there's the one heavy mech that you have to fight. And you hear, like, everybody talking about the heavy mech over the radio as you're running through the base until you, like, get there. And you're like, oh, yeah, there's the heavy mech that everyone's talking about. Now I got to, you know, shoot it and take it out. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they're, they're, it makes sense because, you know, like, you know, it's the old trope. Like, robots are, you know, robots are great for killing because there's no moral quandary in killing a robot. And yes. even with the Geth you're starting to get into moral quandary territory because like, are they really just a robot? You know, mm, but like, no, well, we have, yeah, you haven't really got the moral quandary too much in one as you do in coming up. Yeah. But these, these are just straight automatons that, yeah, you can pop them and, you know, break them apart and whatnot. And they, you're fine. They, they, they mean nothing. Right. It, it is. It's really good sort of cannon fodder. Um, for you to take out. Not that you don't also just shoot a lot of like living beings as the yeah, game progresses. Lots of lots well, that's of also beings. true. Turns out, yeah. So going through this game and, and going through playing, uh how do you guys feel about picking up the new style of now guns 
instead of have unlimited ammo, you have these cartridges you have to drop out there to reload all your guns. I so this was really divisive, I feel like, at the time. Um I enjoyed not having to pick up ammo in Mass Effect One. Uh and one thing that is true, uh, and they really improved in the Legendary Edition, is that at the beginning of the game, your guns are, you're fairly underpowered. You're probably only carrying like a stock pistol and maybe like a stock submachine gun. Um, and so you kind of suck and there's kind of not a lot of ammo in the original version of this game. So it is possible to get into a spot where you've literally, if you're not a good shot, uh or you've got a particularly spongy enemy, you straight up will run out of ammo and then hope you can get it done with your powers. So they fixed that in Legendary. There's ammo all over the place, and so I just find it really hard to care about. Yeah, except for heavy ammo. There's not a lot of heavy ammo yes. everywhere. Yeah. But they, they nice thing give you some of the... Also, this nice game, they give you all the pre-order stuff that you could either just buy or they just give it to you. Some of the weapons I never got a chance to try because it was pre-order bonuses. I'm like, oh, right. this is how this thing works. Yeah, you get a ton of uh, of heavy weapons. You know, honestly, I didn't use... Uh, Mass Effect being an RPG, I have the same problem uh, that I have with every other RPG, which is I never use items. I never use, like, magic. Anything that feels like a truly limited resource, I'm I'm really terrible about making use of for normal stuff, which is really unfortunate because there's definitely fights in this game where there's just like 20 random dudes. And if you whip out the arc projector or whatever the thing is that literally tosses a nuke out, you can finish an encounter with one shot. I did. Uh, and it was yeah. wonderful. <laughs> yeah. It's, and that's like the smart way to go. I, I have gotten better about this as I've gotten older. Like I've really been forcing myself like use MP, the ether having a stack of 99 ethers at the end of a game isn't going to do you any good right but um mm -hmm. I, I do think i mean and and the even with the heavy weapons ammo i think it's nicely paced such that if you suddenly stumble on two or three or four chunks of heavy ammo you know that you're in for an ugly fight coming up mm -hmm. the one thing i don't like about the heavy ammo is that unlike metagel you can't just pick more up on the normandy which feels kind of like bs yeah, you should at least be able to, like, buy more or something. Like, there should be a way to get more on, the, or at least maybe requisition in, like, you'll get it in a play. Right. Yeah, buy more, requisition, something. Some way to say, hey, I used my heavy item, give me, you know, even if it doesn't fill you up, because I think at the end of the game, you can end up with, um, like, two and a half times your initial stock of heavy ammo or three times or something like that. It should still, you should still be able to get a handful of rounds or whatever from out of the docking bay. I don't know. Right. Well, the one thing we did, we haven't mentioned is you can slide over like tables and low objects now. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I forgot to mention that because I for some reason forgot you could do that in one. Even yeah, yeah. you can't do that. Yeah. yeah, so it's like yeah, I tried that a few times in one. I'm like, oh, I'm just like, why am I just up and down? And no, I want to yeah. go over. And no, you, you can you can climb over some things in one. Like you can climb on top yeah. of some boxes. Yeah, but not usually where you'd want to. No, and also it's your. I usually, I think you actually have to holster your weapon and then you climb up and then you can take your weapon out. And this is just like, oh no, Shepard just like, you know, like jumps over almost like a John Woo movie. You know? Yes. Like Although there was a, uh, it doesn't always work, but I had one area where my Shepard got stuck in between a box and an open area. So the enemies just shot me dead because I couldn't <laughs> jump over. I'm just gonna like, he just, just got stuck, just constantly trying to jump over. It's like, it's just a small box. Get over it. It's like, uh, can't figure it out. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I've definitely been stuck on game geometry in this game before. So the other mass, vastly disappointing change from the first game is that you no longer need to raid every weapons locker you find because you're, not, you're no longer collecting and then redistributing weapons into other systems. You just find upgrades and then you just have that weapon available for your crew. Yeah, you just I'm log it like, and hey, now so and so can use this. I'm guessing there's a lot of sarcasm in that one. I love the weapon system in this game. Like you, you pick up upgrades for classes of weapons. You pick up better weapons uh, as the game goes on, but you don't. Yeah, like not having to do inventory management was such a, a pleasant change that they made, and I feel like they kind of tried to meet in the middle in three. Um, we'll talk about that when we get there, but the this is my favorite of the series in terms of how inventory is handled. Yeah, and there's more things you grab or like you like you'll get some med- you'll get some medical stuff and it just scans it. You don't have to freaking like hack everything. You don't have to go through all these ha- like there's some hacking games, but I feel like the hacking games this one are more fun and just don't feel as tedious. Were there I don't even remember the hacking games of the first one at this point. And we only played it what like the other week like it's like circular frogger yeah yeah like the hacking games in this one are so much more involving it like it took me a moment because i feel like they don't explain them well when you first see them they do not but then like it took a moment of like trying to figure out like oh hey like you got to find the code segments that match and don't touch the red stuff and and at the very least they gave me the, the luxury that i could stand in front of this one you know wall safe that i'm trying to crack I could stand there for as long as I needed to figure out what I was doing. Like, it's not like after the three attempts, it just locked, locked me out. Like I could keep trying again and again until I, until I was like, Oh, I understand what I'm doing. And I got it done in like two seconds. So right. That, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's also just like, there's just regular items you could just scan and just get the, just get credits or money for it. Yes. You just have to hack it. Yes. Well, I like to some of the hacking puzzles, the quicker you get them done, the more credits you get. Mm-hmm. So there is like an incentive to like okay try to do this as quick as you can like don't don't dawdle, I mean the uh like the, the I mean the 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 code one again where you're looking for the code that one it all depends on how quickly you get the three segments you're looking for I mean sometimes right. it feels like you're just scrolling through the code and it's just not coming but I mean the other the other one where you're matching the little uh, electrical engineering symbols for the various uh, various pieces that one's always fun. Yeah. yeah, and you, and you get better at it as as you play through the game too. So you like you naturally are going to get better and faster as you kind of start to see a lot of the same patterns and you you start having like more fluid movements. Um, at least on controller, I, I remember it being actually easier with a mouse because you just you know click on stuff. But even with controller, like you you start to sort of get smoother with how you're moving the target and everything. Well, I think like the the matching one's easier on mouse. The other one's not is not too bad. It's just you just got to remember you to select the right code matches. You can't use a mouse. You have to use your arrow keys. Otherwise, it's right. not gonna work. Because I'm like, I'm like, why can't I select? Oh, it's this keys, right? I don't know why that was like that, but I guess well, they didn't want you to just part of the game. If you could just click on the segments, um, first of all, you could click on things that are unreachable. Like the part of the game is pathing your way through those red segments. Yes. So uh, over, overall, I, I enjoy hanging a little bit more. Also, the nice thing is you can hack regardless of who's in your party. 
that you no longer need, That's need to make sure, yeah. oh, did I invest in the tech skill or do I have, you know, Caden or Garrus or Tally with me? Oh, I brought Caden and I've only given him a one, but Tally's got the 10, so this one's out of reach. Like, you don't run into yeah. any of that, which is very nice. You can. Well, that also brings up another part that I found kind of weird. The At least maybe it gets better. I haven't finished. I have to refresh, make sure I grind it, but the skill tree is so much diminished. Yes. Compared to the original one. Yeah. So this, I, I don't mind it. Although this is one I think that they went back in three um, and probably I think did a little bit of a best of both worlds setup because it is diminished, but it does. The one thing I really like about it is you get a choice at the end of like once you've maxed out a skill, you get a choice of two variants of it, which gives you some amount of customization. My my big problem is they got rid of the charm and uh, intimidate traits. So now it's just rolled into your paragon. And so whatever I do, like I can't, I can't not put points into charm and intimidate because it's not, there's no points to put in. It's not there. I'm, I just have to try to yeah, I'm not, gonna get it. not get any points for anything. I can't make any actual decisions that affect anything. <laughs> yeah. But I, sometimes it's hard because I got, I got renegade points and I don't know where I got them from. It just said, you have eight renegade points. I'm like, for what? What did I just do? You, yeah, I think some places you literally have to get them right at the beginning of the game. Like, you don't have a choice but to get, and I think that's their way, I don't think it works very well, but I think it's supposed to be their way of introducing the system. Yeah, it's like, it's fine, but it's like, I don't know what I did to, to get them is the problem. It's like, okay, why did this happen? And one thing this that this reminds me of, this comes from this 2010 game, is Freaking QTEs are in here, and I hate those so See, much. I, I think they're an interesting I addition. like them. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, the option that you have, like, okay, like, there's one coming up that I forget where it is. I thought I, thought, I, thought I was going to see it in the game, and I, I, I was, I guess, thinking of a different area. But, I mean, there's, like, there's one part where this one guy's just going on and on and on, and you're just like, do I just blow him up or do I let him talk? And, like... Blowing up is just so fun. And yeah, I mean, even when we get to Freedom's Progress in a little bit, um, you know, when, when you're dealing with the one Quarian, you kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. like, dude, it's just, it's just sometimes I like to sit back and watch the cutscene and it's like, oh, wait, I need to be actively involved now. Damn it. You, you can, <laughs> you can though, because one of the things I've been trying to do, not being too Paragon or too Renegade, um, there's one part with Morden. Where Morden just goes off, and I, oh, I, think, yeah. I think the both the Renegade and the Paragon actually like came up at different points. Like, yep, like yep. You, you need to shut this guy up, and I'm like, no, I'm just gonna let him go. I want to see where he just goes. Let him talk, yeah, yeah. Like you can't yeah. fail him, but I see your point in terms of sometimes you want to just let a cutscene roll and like I don't know, pick up your phone or grab a drink or whatever. Like set your controller down for 15, 20 seconds, and you you you're right. You can't do that here. Um, you can always sort of save scum and go back if you really wanted to hit the button, but it is a little unfortunate. I, I wish there was an option and you're right. This is a very like early, like sort of 2010s thing of QTEing things that didn't need it. I do wish there was an option to like have the game pause or give you some opportunity to react like more slowly. Yes. Yeah. Like I don't mind the actions, but like, just like, don't, I can't like pause when this happens. I have to be make sure I'm paying attention. Then, oh, I didn't have my hand on the mouse, so I can't click it. I've missed it. Like they do generally give you a generous amount of time, but sometimes I'm tired, you know. 
yeah, I've definitely missed them or, or I've missed them. The, the other thing I don't like is, and there's not really any way around this, but I want to see like, when is the last possible second I could hit this? So I see the maximum amount of dialogue and they don't really have that. Uh, but really I think what I want is to see how the dialogue plays out each way. Like if I do click it or if I don't, so that's on me, I suppose. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to abstain from using them, but sometimes, yeah, I just gotta, I gotta hit that button. That guy, that guy deserves it. <laughs> yeah, guy deserves it. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's fair. It's sometimes so fair. you want to pop a dude for sure. <laughs> it's gotta be tough for you, Nick. I can't imagine like sitting there having to not like shoot a particularly obnoxious guy or like console like a squad mate or something. Punch some annoying reporter in the face. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the other thing I think we need to talk about, the other new system that was introduced, or I should say upgraded, as it were, is the resource scanning. Because Wait, which what do you mean? Do you mean the The planets not when the you, normal when you visit the planets but before it was just okay. scan the planet, you got something. Now it's Oh, I got a little click the reticule and I got to go up and down or whatever your pattern is. I don't know how everybody does it. I assume just up and down as you go across is the easiest, most efficient way. Yeah, I think um, so. I think it's the way, the way you normally do it is like spin it a little bit, then like make sure you hit every part of it going up and down. I just kind of hover around. I feel like I'm very, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but uh, I definitely don't do that. I definitely don't like spin it and then deliberately like go up and down or left and right. Like I don't try and cover the whole globe. I just kind of like spin. It might be different because I'm playing on a controller. So I've got like the right stick to move the the target thing. But you spin with the left stick and with the right stick, you I don't know. I just kind of sweep around and, and look for a, what starts to be a ping. And then I like narrow in on that area. I uh, that, really. That's what I mean. <laughs> okay. Okay, but I mean, I don't like, I don't deliberately go like up and down like the the uh, longitude lines or anything like that. Like I oh, just sort of. Oh no, I I, I try to around. cover every inch of ground on that planet, and any time, any time that little sensor like ticks even just the slightest bit up, like I find like the nearest maximum, and then boom, and and, and even, even you know, and that's like I know I'll have plenty of resources. I'm not worried about running out of right. money for stuff. Oh, I guess you could. You could, oh no, you could, if you have no gold, you could run out of fuel and be stuck, right? A gold, I don't gold. think you like, can get, I don't think, uh, credits, credits, but yeah. yeah, gold, credits, whatever. Maybe they, maybe they went back to the gold standard. <laughs> Who can yeah, say? They, they, they do, they do make, I think if you run out of fuel, they do, they're able to get you back to the nearest place and you can get fuel back up. Yes. But what, it's not like but a, what if you have no money to pay for it though? Because the fuel still costs. Uh, I've never That's tried a good that question. Yeah, I don't know. I've never tried that. I've never not had money. Um, I, I will say this for the resource scanning, since I think this is the Mass Effect of the trilogy that I've replayed the most. I, I definitely replayed it like using an existing Mass Effect one playthrough without doing a straight replay like multiple times. My resource scanning strategy in this game is only go to planets with the highest level of research. Like if it's moderate or lower, I don't even bother scanning it. I don't care. And so it's only, you know, planets that are rich or good. And then I scan down to about moderate and then I'm out like and I have had so many resources by the end of the game that like halfway through or, you know, two thirds through. I just stopped scanning planets altogether because I was never going to run out. 
No, if, if you want to know why it's going to take us like several months to get through this game, it's because I am going to scan every resource in that universe, in that galaxy. You cannot. I you're going to deplete every planet. I mean, every planet should yeah. be depleted. If I miss one, I you will fail my mission. You are a madman. Okay. You are I found, a crazy I, person. I found the answer for how this works. If you run out of fuel, Edie uses the, uh, spoiler alert, Edie is a character in this. It's a, she just sells your minerals except for element zero and gets you the nearest fuel depot. And if oh, uh, rip. Y- you can deplete all that, you can deplete all of that. And then if you have no credits, the fuel depot will fill you up for free. What? Free what to charge fuel if you have no credits. So, wait, so there are shepherds out there with no income. We're getting free fuel, and I got to pay my way through the universe. This is not right. <laughs> Here's the thing. Imagine your shepherd being that broke. Like, how despondent you, would you be? You have to try to get that broke. Well, the problem, as we established, because they changed the weapon system, you're not a weapon smuggler anymore. So what, what, what income does Shepard have now? Well, all that money um, you got from the first game, if you finished it, because I don't know about y'all, but I started this one with like a million plus credits. I did, but then I spent it all on gear and stuff for when I got to the uh, our first location. Oh, I tried to spend there. it all. They do have shops. But I tried to. I mean, you can't like at the beginning of it. I, I got close because there's a lot of there's actually just a lot of armor that's really expensive. I'm pretty sure I bought everything. And I, I mean, I spent maybe like 300, 400 K, but. And then the game starts paying you pretty handsomely. Yeah, you, so. you, you, oh, it's, you, you get the Cerberus it, paycheck. Yeah, because servers will pay you for just scanning something. Oh, you got data on this. It's a worthless data. Here's money for it. But before we get away from pro- from the from the resources, everybody has made sure to always go to Uranus and probe it, right? <laughs> I just love it because if you do it, Edie's just like, really, Commander? Really, Commander? It is very funny. <laughs> the, the one thing that I never noticed, and I'm glad that we're pl- like I'm glad that we're playing through the games in the succession that we are here, is, you know, like I remember the first map from the first game, you know, the galaxy where everything is, and we're all kind of, you're kind of on the right side of the map, and maybe a little bit over on the left, and the the citadel's kind of over in the lower lower corner, and then you get to this game, and now you're in the terminus systems, and they're all in the back of the map. And so it makes sense. Like, well, why am I going to all these different planets? Why did I not deplete all these planets on my scans through the first playthrough? It's like, oh, because you're in a completely different part of space. And so I'm looking forward, now that I'm paying attention to this, the third game, well, what planet, you know, am I going to just be in these two? Is there other parts of the Milky Way that are going to open up? Because, I mean, you've got, you know, other than like the, the Serpent Nebula, we really don't hang out in like the, the, the Southern Quadrant or the, the, the Eastern Quadrant, at least thus far. I mean, I, you know. Again now, you know, again, now that I'm paying attention to this, I, you know, I'm looking to see, like, maybe that stuff will open up later in the game here, but um, no, it is, it is interesting to see how they're using the geography and how it was forward-thinking of them back in the first game to restrict your access. No, you're only going to stay over here, maybe one or two planets over here, but, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to work here. Because even uh, Sol, our planet, is down, or our system, rather, is down in the bottom of the map. But, you know, when we're, we're, we're hanging out, the terminus part in the top. So, yeah, I've been enjoying that feature. Yeah, the galaxy map, I don't think about it that much, but you are right. Like, they they did a really good job of laying it out and sort of, in the first game, keeping you in that 
bottom half-ish of the map and establishing the narrative of the Terminus systems where you spend, you're right, like almost the entirety of this game. I mean, there's the parts where you're kind of around the Citadel are like you said, like when you visit the local cluster or like there's some Asari space you go to later and and stuff like that. Uh, and and so they do a nice job of layout. Uh, and then three, you know, we'll, we'll get to it when we get there, but it's it's a good mix of one and two. So you, you'll see planets and, you know, you'll see a planet somewhere. And it's like, oh, I remember you from one. Okay. Uh, or you'll see stuff from two, which is fun. Yeah, it does feel like any time we're going to go somewhere that we've been before, it'll be noteworthy. That, for, but for the most part, we're we're visiting all new stuff here. We're we're checking out all new places, so it's not, yeah. you know, it's not like we're retreading and, the same ground that we did from the first one, right? Yeah, and doing it on a brand new ride. Yes, yes, because we are on the no, we have a Normandy, but it's not the same Normandy. It's a new Normandy. Yes. Well, we'll. Do we want to talk about that now, or do we want to wait to talk about it until we actually get the Normandy back after Freedom's Progress? I guess we'll wait for Freedom's Progress. Yeah, we can save for Freedom's Progress. All right. Well, let's, let's go ahead. Uh, unless anybody has anything else they want to add about the second game in general. Oh, there is, there is one thing I probably didn't, didn't remember which last episode. Did, any, did you guys try to import your character for this game? I know Chip did, because he doesn't customize his character. Yes. Yeah, I did. I did. Did you, Nick? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I imported my character. I just didn't import. I just picked default appearance. Yeah, and they said they were supposed to have fixed it for this one, so it doesn't ruin things out. But still, somehow when my guy got in there, I had to go back there, go back in the system, and redo it to make him look like my shepherd from the first game because it like spanned his cheeks out farther. His head got too squished in. His like hair color wasn't right. Didn't have the right facial hair. I'm like, like what happened? Yeah. No, my my problem was that like the the right level of stubble was not available. Like, I chose what should be the right level of stubble, and it didn't look right. And I'm like, well, if I don't have him with the stubble, then he looks like a baby. And like, so like he needs the stubble. So it's like he got some, you know, mm-hmm. some 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 uh, gravitas. But yeah, it, it's it. He he. I, I'm assuming part of this too is the uh, the scarring. Which actually, that's one other thing to mention. I do like the little. Um, little feature that they do with the scarring on the like it makes sense. Shepard should be scarred after everything that happened, right? That he's not a perfect recollection. And then, yeah, as you play through the game, you can either work to improve your, you know, fix your scars, or if you kind of lean into the renegade option, like the scars kind of stay there. They get worse. Yeah, they get really intense. Like it's some eventually, like your eye starts going red, which kind of bummed me out because I like the idea that like the scars show up worse on your face, but I always want to stop before my eyes like glow red um yeah and so i yeah. end up using there's like a machine and you can pay a bunch of i don't know if it's credits is, or resources and is that necessary for the not not using the machine but do you need that machine for the the final run i don't no. remember i don't think so okay no you then, don't. that doesn't count towards having like a fully upgraded normandy if you you don't you don't get that yeah, but it's it's very it's very very alluding to like their their old Kotor games where if you got really evil you start glowing and yeah yeah I get it I, it's like an aesthetic thing that I don't like I, okay and now I under understand your question Nick like no that's not considered part of the Normandy upgrades that are necessary for the uh, final assault okay the suicide mission sorry yeah. you can't do the suicide mission because you didn't have the plastic <laughs> surgery machine. There, I mean, because like, it does the suicide mission. There's upgrades you can get for your ship, and and you know, 
some of them matter. And I think it's like three or four of them, or maybe it's more than that matter. But um, a bunch of your other upgrades that you get from the squad are just like, hey, did you want more ammo or something like that? So this would this is included in those. Yeah. Renegade Shepard's mission, suicide mission is to just go home and kill himself because he's so ugly. <laughs> you get rough looking, honestly. It's not good. Yeah. But hey, the ladies like it and the gentlemen. To be fair, Zaid also has a very rough face, and he pulls it off. Yeah, Zaid looks like a beast stung him really badly. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that should be everything then. So we'll get it. We'll get into Zaid, and, and uh, well, first we get get through Freedom's Progress, and then the Normandy uh, next time. But let's go ahead and wrap this up here. Thank you to Jarrett for producing and editing, and thank you for listening and bearing with my voice this week. We are at Squad Goals N Seven on Twitter, also at the Mash Network. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mash those buttons. Also YouTube at youtube.com slash mash those buttons. Chip, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at WD. That's where double Y-E-W-D-E-E on Twitter and Twitch. Uh, and you can find me here on the Mash Network on Wondrous Tales, where every two weeks we talk about various Final Fantasy fourteen things. Uh, Cora, where can we find you? You can follow me on Twitter. At Kurabaras, K-U-R-A-B-A-R-A-S, or on twitch.tv slash Kurabara. And you can find me on the network every week talking about Apex Legends on our on Dropping Spicy. You can follow that at Dropping Spicy. And uh, I think I'm forgetting something, but I'll figure that out later. What about you, Nick? I am at WookieBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Match Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk. Talking about Warcraft news and guild management over on the Torn and the Goblin. Talking about Warcraft story and lore. Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at discord.me slash mash those buttons and email us your thoughts. Let us know what you think about the changes from Mass Effect 1 to Mass Effect 2 at squadgoals at mash.gg. And if you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can. And visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts, including on Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can gain early access to content as well as to patron-exclusive content you can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link, as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtp.gg support. And stay tuned to hear about our other shows on the Mash Those Buttons Network. We're Chip and Kara. I'm Nick, and I should go. This is my favorite podcast on the network. See you, Commander. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 